All right. Hello. Hey, welcome. This is uh, True Crime Trine. <laughs> it's a podcast where three friends, we're friends now. I hope so. Well, I haven't met you. Hannah. I know. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Internet friends get together to talk about, oh, the moon. No, wait. Fucking hell. All right. Here we go again. How the moon do. Why the moon do. Why do. We're in retrograde right now, and there's a huge Scorpio lunar eclipse. Or solar. I always get them confused. Coming up on Friday, it's just going to yes. wreck your shit. That's my excuse for this. But this is a podcast. We call it True Crime Trine because we chat about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we could fit into this podcast. Fuck the planets aligning. I'm going to just cut that completely. We are your <laughs> host, Hannah. Did you forget your name? <laughs> I first thought it was a pause. <laughs> Man, Mercury, <laughs> don't work. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Meredith. Oh, well, welcome to episode 100, <laughs> folks. Woo, we made it. Oh, God. <laughs> this train is just like somersaulting into the station, but we're making it. We're here. And we're recording on the day after our second birthday. Oh, happy birthday to us, our sweet little Taurus podcast. Wait, for real? So we only technically took four weeks off? Because there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. We were pretty covered. Wow. I did some work in December. Yes, you did. Thank you. Yeah, you did. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, don't be sorry. I was in an emotional coma, just from, like, not knowing what to feel. <laughs> Hannah and I did a couple of, like, pretty short astrology episodes during the summer. Oh, we did a couple mm-hmm. of fillers, but... Yeah. Not that many. I did a solo for shits we and giggles. do mm-hmm. bring content almost every week. I've had a rough year, actually. It's been a rough year. I think we all had a rough year, to be honest, but I think it's turning around. Well, episode 100, we are professionals. <sighs> Did you notice? We're not getting paid to do it. I don't think this is a profession yet. Oh, we are not getting paid. I still haven't got my fucking automatic litter box, but I am going to buy myself one now that I have a real job, but not right away. I'm surprised Pretty Litter at least haven't, hasn't come after us. <laughs> I would love to know what's wrong with my cat's pee, because they have little, yes. little weird bladders. I wish I knew what was wrong with my cat's pee before it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Litter, what the fuck? pretty litter we don't even want you to sponsor us anymore no yes we do how about i pee in the pretty litter and find out <gasps> if i'm okay <laughs> oh my god i mean like and i'll be like so now i don't have a cat i'll go to my doctor and be like so i peed in my cat box and it says i have diabetes <laughs> and i'll bring the litter with me <laughs> like that woman once when i was a receptionist at a clinic just brought in a tupperware set on the desk and said here's my stool sample <laughs> And oh, I said, God. this is an endocrinologist's office, <laughs> not ours. <laughs> no, not my sample. Thank you. No, and it was like, it was those, like little red cap Tupperwares. <laughs> no. Yeah. Clear? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, amazing. It won't be as bad as that. All right, let's do, do we need to sweep up the place a little bit, maybe? Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. 
Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yes. So we did get an email. Don't get excited. (sighs) It was from Brighton Media basically telling me that my editing sucks. So (laughs) Brighton Media. Fuck off, Noah. Asshole. I thought I was doing a really good job. I think you're doing amazing. I think you are. And you should hear what we sound like unfiltered. Yeah. And then I got notified today... Which is weird because one of the comments came a month ago and then the other one came four days ago. But I just got a notification for both of them. Maybe because I haven't checked the email in a while. But (laughs) we got comments on Spotify. What? There's an option to like... I don't know, like, yes or no this episode and then make a little comment. What the fuck? Whoa! What? And... It's from he, 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 he. Oh, God. Hello, he, 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 That's he, creepy. He. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, but on episode 98, which was Peter Matson's Bloat Goat, mm. oh. it was, I love them all, Aww. exclamation point. Oh. And then on episode 95, Albert Hicks and Anton Pro- Pro- Probst. 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 Get your brothel on. That was love. Oh, my God. Aww. Oh, my God. All right. I'm all inspired now. Thank you. He, 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 he. Thank you for giving us a reason to continue. Yeah. <laughs> Just any comments. We appreciate. We like the nice ones. And I still would really like a Hannah email. And then finally, I was talking to the president of the TCT fan club, TT, my sister. And even though she won't edit our audio, she wanted to wish us congratulations on our second birthday and our 100th episode. And she would like to know from all of us, what episode is our favorite? Oh, fuck. That's a hard It doesn't have to be one we wrote. It could just be one that was presented. But I did go through and I made my, my little favorites, which for my personal ones, I think my Winnie would... Ruth Judd mm-hmm. Trunk Murders was one of my favorites to research. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one, writing that one, and then presenting that one. For Sarah, I loved the Sketchy Catch episode 37. <laughs> that <laughs> one was interesting. We yeah. cannot stop talking about catches. Sketchy I catch. They keep coming right? back. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps popping up. <laughs> It was a great episode. And then for Hannah, it was a it's a big toss-up for me. You've done so many incredible ones and a lot of the big boys. Yeah. But my two favorite, because I couldn't I couldn't split the difference between these two, is either the Bell Witch episode 26 or episode 62, Alice Kiteller. Uh, They're just yeah. witchy bullshit. I was just thinking one of my favorites, I think, was Alice Kiteller. Because it was mm-hmm. just such a random mismatch of historical bullshit, which is my favorite. I also think the, one of the other ones that's one of my favorite of mine was the Harley Harley Cripplin. But oh, I wish yeah. Sarah had been a part of that one. Oh. But yeah, Alice Kai I love it. Yeah, it was so good. But the Bell Witch one was really good too. <laughs> just both of them. <laughs> both of them. That's why I'm like... They're both like equally witchy and bullshit. So it's so hard to tell. I'm trying to think. Okay, I know it's really recent, but I like my Russian one specific yes. Icky Buckets. I liked Icky Buckets a lot. That one was really fun to look into because I was like, what is this city even like? 
Oh, Where yeah. is it? And like all of the crazy shit that was going on health wise around there. Oh, God. And then heads start floating up out of the river. Like, yeah. That one was a trip. And then I felt very proud of myself for being able to pronounce things. So, I was like, <laughs> you nailed it too. Because I was you. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I still think about the the soap lady. I do too. That's what oh. I'm like. Oh my gosh, all the time. Whenever like one of my cooking things goes wrong, I'm like, well, that recipe was a bust. <laughs> <laughs> that was Leonardo Chanchuelli. Leonardo, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. she was, she does, she sticks with me. As does her soaps. They just won't wash off. I also liked Woody Ruth Judd a lot. Mm-hmm. I like women yeah. behaving badly in the past. <laughs> I'm really not into modern true crime is what I've learned of myself through this. But So... You put us on the spot, but there are some good ones out there. So there you go, Titi. Those are some of our favorite episodes. Oh, the werewolf one, too. Sorry. Okay. Oh, werewolf. Which one? Well, Wolfery. Oh, Peter Stube. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's more bullshit. Bullshit. But so good. So good. I am kind of going down more historical lines on a couple things, and I have read some stuff about the Donner Party. And the Salem yeah. Witch Trials, which would have mm-hmm. to fall into the weird bullshit. I'm going to force this podcast to become historical. I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I absolutely love it. I think there's just so many crazy things that happen in the past. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's dead, like everyone, I know. then we don't get weird creepers. I really like that, too. And I'll say based on what happened this week in Davis. Yeah. I don't. I felt. Did you ever go onto the Reddit? Oh, yeah, like every day, multiple times a day. It made me feel icky. It was very icky. And like, I was like, keep in mind, these are undergrads mostly that are posting here and trolls and their brains aren't fully developed yet. So grain of salt. But like, that's where I was able to find a lot of the links to things that I didn't know I had access to, like the police scanner radio that you could play online. I did that. And then you can see where crimes are being called in like throughout the entire city because they have like little points on the map. Yeah, I saw that one too, but... So I don't really like watching people on the internet respond to crimes in real time. No, that part was not fun because that's Uh. like, they're all just speculating and it's sickening and they're not making good judgments or anything like that the whole time. And it was just, and there are some people too trying to be like, hey, don't do that. I know. They're they're not going to listen. It's the internet. Like you're protected against. Yeah. These web sleuths have made a mistake before and it's ruined people's lives. Yeah. Just real quick for our listeners, this is regarding the three stabbings in Davis, California over the like the last five days. It was Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. So yes, it's been a interesting time in the town, but I know I think I'm kind of a hypocrite because I do love true crime, but I do like all the parties to be dead. <laughs> I like when it's been found out. I mean, cold cases are fascinating for that reason because it's like, oh yeah. my God, who could it be? But when it's happening literally across the street from my house, like, that's too close for comfort. Not cool. And absolutely tragic because it's, like, both of the people who died were just real stand-up people, like, good human beings that were absolutely – like, not that anyone would deserve this, but the, like, (laughs) you know. Yeah. The good people in the world we need more of, not fewer of, so. Yeah. Like I said, it was just someone taking his hurt out on other people. Trying to make himself mm-hmm. feel better. And I can guarantee it didn't work. And it fucking sucks. All right. Well, we had some plans for episode 100. I'm not sure if I understood the assignment correctly, but we're going to do it this anyway. 
So we were going to go back a hundred years and bring up a story or a funny headline from each decade starting in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Which like to me is weird because I was like, oh, from like 1900 through 2000. And I was like, like yeah. Nope. And then looking for the ones in 1990, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I know. They're not history. Of course you don't like it. <laughs> well, I also like the history ones too because then you can bring in what it was like back in the day. There's always some weird oh, thing yeah. happening at the time. Yeah. Like I always, yeah. I always find some tangent to go down that's kind of related but before we start with that i found myself down a rabbit hole because Ooh. that's where you end up when you're sucking at your google searching Ugh, it was oh. not great <laughs> for some reason usually i'm pretty good at getting like results oh, yeah. but for whatever reason i've just been off my game so thank you mercury retrograde fuck you somehow i got a ton on this and i couldn't find a single fucking paper today that i knew i was looking for <laughs> i was like yeah where are you i've read you before what who who wrote it oh my god <laughs> what year was it like i couldn't find it to save my life my rabbit hole and i'm going to preface this by saying i went down this rabbit hole and then i started thinking about my fbi agent which i'm pretty <laughs> sure i named teddy i think he actually and was teddy i just keep changing mine mine have to rotate i'm going to take just a minute to pay homage to teddy <laughs> and say thank you and also say you're welcome because i'm not a criminal i'm just a podcaster so you don't really have any paperwork to do based on True. on my weird random searches so you're welcome for that maybe you're falling in love with me teddy this one's for you so this oh, is some incriminating google searches <laughs> they found after arrest so oh I just have four of them. So this one, Jordan Malcolm Taylor and Nikisha Hostin were given 20 years in jail after they planned to break into a house in the UK in 2020. Investigators went through Hostin's Google search history and saw things like how to open a locked window and where do I get a gun? <laughs> That's like an old person using the internet. Uh-huh. How to rob somebody. Gun, please. In April of 2022, three 17-year-old boys, also in the UK, went on a crime spree, robbing several stores in broad daylight. They were eventually caught when police noticed their suspicious Google searches. <laughs> and their Google search was, how long does it take police to respond to an armed robbery? Oh, what a bunch of idiots. And then we get into the, I guess, more nefarious one. So back in 2005, Robert Patrick was accused of killing his wife. Evidence showed he had searched for information on how to break someone's neck and <gasps> downloaded a document about killing someone with your bare hands. Like a PDF? Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> or a flowchart. I don't know. It could be a flowchart. Jeez. And then lastly, in 2007... Melanie McGuire was found guilty of murdering her husband and was given a life sentence. Prosecutor used as proof of her online searches, including how to purchase a gun illegally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me specify. <laughs> how to commit murder and also undetectable poisons. <laughs> they are pretty detectable when you Google search them. I was checking my phone 
it's a newer phone, so it doesn't have the history that my older phone does have, so there's not as much interesting stuff. But do you guys know what a pessiary is? Mm-mm. It's a little device that you stick in your vagina when it prolapses to hold it up there. <laughs> no. Why no. would it collapse? Childbirth. Uh, childbirth. No, mine didn't collapse. Well, not everyone. It doesn't. <laughs> no, but like for people who have very weak pelvic floors to begin with. Well, this was oh. also a historical one. And it was like, a, I was like, a pessier. That sounds familiar. That I was like, they had to like fucking carve a wooden one or something. Like, And then I also learned that one of the cast Splinters. members. So I do have some porn on. <laughs> what you the, have porn on your phone? One of the cast members from Boy Meets World became a porn star. Was it Topanga? No, Topanga's doing, it was Rachel if you watched the later seasons. Oh, oh, no, I don't think I have a fucking clue who any of those people are. It was fine. <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> I just need to see. All right. Anyway. Sorry, Topanga. My, my bad. She does have a great mouth, though. Oh, <laughs> I was always distracted by her hair. It's just gorgeous. As someone who's just limp, limp hair. All right. So shall we start with the 1920s? Yes. I'm going to just say I failed at this one because I did find something. And then I was reading it. And reading it, and reading it, and then I decided to save it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for like a real episode. Like, well, this is too good for a mini like, one. Oh, and it just kept, oh, cool. Oh. And I was like, okay. Honestly, okay. we're going to just hold on to this one. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I will throw out a little spoiler, though. I was working on Leopold and Loeb last year. I dropped it because of dissertating and whatnot, but I'm getting back into that one. So that okay. is a solid 20s murder. All right. I had saved, I mean, I had sent both of you that little, like, thingy, right? Mm-hmm. Where, shit, where did it go? Do, do, do. Yeah, like an hour before. And I was- oh, that one was actually in 1930. Okay, anyway. I have one from 1926. Okay. April 1926. A funny one-liner headline. Wanted. One leg. <laughs> did Wobbles post that? So, having lost his leg in an accident, James Tatum, aged 40, put a an advertisement in the newspaper to find someone willing to sell him one of their good legs. Uh, not sure a I New York physician would perform the transplant, and Tatum eventually heard from over a dozen people willing to sell the leg. Wow. But Tatum's wife forbid him from proceeding with the leg purchase after she learned from her doctor that such an operation had almost no chance of having any success. Thank God yeah. for her fucking doctor. What was the other guy? <laughs> I know. Just like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Let's see what happens. But <laughs> like, I'm just picturing 20s. people running up to him like, I found you a leg and like hold it up, you know, just like like a, a side of beef from oh, the no. butcher. It's like wrapped in butcher no, paper. No. Well, to uh, go yeah, back it's a, to it's the, a little not fresh. To that old chestnut, <laughs> oh. there was a Law and Order SVU episode about someone trying to steal legs and there was a very good criminal minds one about a guy Oof. trying to oh. sew legs onto other people because he wanted to not just legs but other stuff too right he was just legs so he was okay. he was taking he was taking the leg off of one person and put and taking the <gasps> leg off someone else's and trying to put them together because he wanted to quote unquote fix his wife who oh yes i think was a thalamide baby but she like one of her, she didn't have <sighs> one of her you know Legs hadn't developed into her. The wife was like, I was fine. I'm like, I'm good. I really didn't need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, criminalized. Anyway, 1926. Okay. Well, I'm not sure exactly what day this was written, but it was predictions made in 1923. 
about the year 2023. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh, that's fitting. And this is not related to true crime or astrology. This one falls into the complete bullshit category. <laughs> Love it. Astrology can be used for prediction. Okay, I don't think that that's uh, what yeah. this particular gentleman did. It's more based on electricity, which is a little weird, but the headline is No More Hard Work by 2023. That's this year. No more hard work, please. Cool. (laughs) This was Dr. Charles Steinmetz. He was an electrical expert that believed that the time was coming when there would be quote, no long drudgery, and that people would toil no more than four hours a day, end quote, citing electricity would be like the savior of our drudgery, I guess. Robots? I'd give him 50% because of automation. Yeah. But. But that just, people just still have to work but, yes, so much it's just, just to be able to live. He also predicted that by 2023, that there would be an amazing transformation in life because every city would be, quote, spotless. <laughs> no. Clearly no. No. Dirtier than they I were. dare you to go walk around San Francisco barefoot. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 yeah, no thanks. So, yeah, that's what I've got for the 20s. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so I did not understand the assignment. I did not bring a catchy <laughs> headline. I just brought something that happened during that decade okay all right what happened in that decade so if we're moving on to the 1930s i have well i guess this article is called what happened to barbara newhall follett she was a child prodigy novelist and then she disappeared she published her first novel when she was 12 wow her father was in publishing. I kind of helped, but she also got a lot of like critical acclaim for it. She also wrote poems. I can't tell if they're good. <laughs> Poetry's hard. Yeah, this is from her first book. It's hard to judge. It's kind of like art, you know? You just, if it yeah. speaks to you, it's good. If it doesn't, then it's not for you. Flowers have faded, butterfly wings are weary, and far off is the chanting of the internal sea. I don't know. I might have said it wrong. And then she published a second book after that. And then her life started going downhill about 16 when her dad left the family. Oh. And basically, like, never really even, like, contacted them again. Which I think she was a really big part of her life to begin with. And then that happened. In 1931, Barbara married Nickerson Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting name. Wonderful. And they went on a bunch of walking excursions, which sounds like hell. And so... After all the walking, getting back to real life, it kind of, the marriage started falling apart. And then on December 7th, 1939, Barbara left the apartment with $30 in her pocket, which is $589 in 2021. It's a lot of rocking around money. Yeah. Well, she was never seen again. Wow. Her husband did not report her disappearance for two weeks. Sus. uh, Saying, Mm -hmm. oh, I just thought she'd come back. (laughs) At which point I would have done what (laughs) i tried again four months later he requested a missing persons bulletin be issued but he used her married name as rogers and so like the general public didn't realize that this child prodigy author went missing until 1966 oh my god wow yes and so they never found her body there is a theory out there that there was actually a body had been discovered in 1948, but it was misidentified, and it might have been hers because it was having it was with 
possessions that were consistent with Barbara's belongings. There was a bottle with some barbiturate residue as well, which Barbara was Ooh. known to have been taking because she was depressed. Okay. Literally, she just kind of walked out the door and ne- we never heard from her again. And she could have just lived a whole new life. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people did that right, like, after and during the Great Depression. They just, like, took off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think she was very disappointed in her in Nickerson. Did not turn out to be the man of her dreams. Publishers weren't publishing her work anymore, so. Hmm. I will add that uh, my husband might be the same way, though, and be like, she's just probably really pissed at me and took off. I was going to say that. What did I do? Yeah. I And there weren't phones back then. Yeah, not maybe right now while, you know, while my daughter's so little, but like, I don't know, like, as we get older, he'd be like, I don't know. She just, she up and goes and collects her silver alerts and she comes back eventually, so. And they had just had a fight. So she, like, I can see yeah. it. Just kind of be like, oh, and she took some money. So it's like, she'll come back. She did not come back. No. So that's Barbara. Okay. Barb. Barb. All right. I have this headline says, goat hides alcohol breath. <laughs> How? So this is September 1937. Policeman Lambert, Theodore Lambert, testified in a Chicago court that he felt sure that Larry Radkowitz had been driving while intoxicated, but he was unable to smell the man's breath to confirm his suspicion. Why not? asked the judge. Well, because he had a goat in the back of the car and I couldn't smell anything but the goat. (laughs) Radkowitz was placed on probation. (laughs) Honestly, strong smell. All right, just always have a goat on hand is the lesson there. Hells with your DUI, except now they have breathalyzers, so well, they're not yeah. going to make the goat blow in it. <laughs> but back before those existed. They're just like, oh. And they, just, they just sniff people. They're like, I don't want to put my head on this car. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That was actually also my headline for oh, no! the 30s because <laughs> I have another goat one a little bit later on. Okay. But I don't know. Did you read the title of it? Uh... The headline was Tip for Tipsies. Goat is best to hide your <laughs> breath. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is good, too. <laughs> All right. For the 40s, I have the Cartoon Bandits. Ooh. Ooh. So named because two men broke into a restaurant in California, held the staff and patron at gunpoint, and stole money from the register and then got the fuck out. One of those patrons happened to be a uh, very talented cartoonist who would then sketch their likenesses. And that is what they used as like, we're looking for these guys. I'm imagining like the caricatures that you get at like Knott's Berry Farm where it's like your chin is really big or something like that, you know, like. I mean, they were a bit like caricatures, but they look like actual people. I don't know if they look exactly like them. Do you have the sketch? Oh, amazing. So those are the, the cartoon bandits. Wow, that's actually, yeah. The- it's not bad. <laughs> it's just kind yeah. of funny. Their eyebrows are so they, on point. He has a very like specific eyebrow thing, which I don't think matches them specifically, but I do think. Oh, okay. I think that yeah. Walker definitely lines up with his, to be honest. Yeah, the noses. Yeah. Yeah. And the hair is kind of bumpy. Uh-huh. So yes, just kind of ran around SoCal, kept stealing. They learned about everything. When they held up a gas station, they were like, we're the cartoon bandits. Oh, they were proud of <laughs> they themselves. They were super proud of themselves. And then they were arrested. They had a little plan that they were going to stake out the cartoonist's house. 
oh, and no. beat him. Oh. But there were policemen there. That's okay. good. And then my protective custody. My very favorite part of this is that during one of their trials, one of the men claimed responsibility for a $3,000 supermarket robbery, but that it was determined that he had been in prison at that time, to which he said, <laughs> well, I committed so many stick-ups, I can't remember them all. and won't be able to serve out all my time anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the cartoon bandits. Wow. I love it. I have caning advocate caned by pupils. Love it. <laughs> okay. November 1948, Eric Wildman, president of the National Society for Retention of Corporal Punishment in Schools. What an asshole. Okay. That was a mouthful. The NSRCPS. Oh, it's not even short <laughs> when you abbreviate no. it. No. <laughs> Basically, this guy's an asshole and he likes beating kids. Yeah. He was invited to speak at a British school for boys. And then during the talk, a group of the boys crept up behind him, pinned him down, and began beating <gasps> oh him with his own canes oh that God. he would sell to schools. That's amazing. That is assault. But that's amazing. <laughs> but assault. Instant karma, but assault. Instant karma. So <laughs> this assault actually was planned by the school's headmaster, who was strongly oh. anti-caning and had decided to give him a taste of his own medicine. Okay, that's funny. Oh. I like that a lot. Yeah. He had threatened to sue, but eventually, like, just never did. Just go back okay. to Because I'm pretty sure a judge would be like, uh-huh, yeah, go on. How this is really unfair to you. Go back to your yeah. home. Just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, and you had no 1940s? Nothing for the 40s. All right. Well, for the 50s, I'm going to go into the weird bullshit category and talk about Whee! the Lubbock Lights. You heard of that? Ooh. No. So it is a UFO-ish sighting? Well, it's definitely a UFO Ish. sighting because they are okay. unidentified flying objects. <laughs> and they were a very unusual formation of lights that was seen in Lubbock, Texas. And Lubbock is where Texas Tech is. And so the first people that actually saw these lights were a bunch of professors. There's a... <laughs> A chemical engineering professor, a physics professor, and a the head of the petroleum engineering department. What were they doing? After hours drinking. Well, they were hanging yeah. out in the backyard of geology professor, drinking tea <laughs> and chatting about micrometeorites. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, tea. Uh, tea. tea. Gypsum uh... tea? Is it gypsum weed tea? It doesn't say. What is the one from that one succulent shit? What's it called? Ayahuasca. Peyote. Oh, peyote. Peyote. Yeah. Well. Trippy tea. Trippy tea. Trippy tea. I think it was regular tea. It was 1951. These were professors studying. Well, I mean, the guy that discovered. Yeah, the 50s were all The guy that studied, P- invented PCR was a very big acid enthusiast. But it is nice <laughs> because these are actually pretty legitimate people to be like, oh, I actually saw a UFO. And they even like did some mathematical calculations. Let's see here. Where does this go? <laughs> Yeah, if anyone were to have seen this and they weren't already, like, sciencey nerdy, people would have been like, yeah, okay, huh? <laughs> Get off that marijuana cigarette. So they, uh, <laughs> they did the calculations because they were a bunch of STEM professors and were able to calculate that the lights were traveling at over 600 miles per hour. Wow. Whoa. Like, it was just like a, like a, just a bunch of small, I guess I can share this with you as well. So it was like a line of small lights that were just kind of, passing through this oh it's starlink sky super fast kind of in like a v-shaped almost like geese but they were lights and they were moving super fast and these were actually taken not by the professors this was texas tech undergrad 
took these. Oh. Because once it got, the professor saw them first, but other people, like a ton of people in Lubbock saw these, and this is the photographic evidence that was captured. Interesting. By them. Huh. And when Project Blue Book, the government, the U.S. Air Force's UFO investigation in the 60s, 50s? I don't really remember. Back in the day, they had a legitimate government UFO investigation. So they actually went and investigated this as well. And, uh, left with a statement that's very ambiguous as to whether or not this actually happened. If not, they really thought the other option, if it wasn't UFOs, it was something really stupid. Migrating plovers, which is a bird. Uh, that glow in the dark? Well, they had just installed these new, oh god, vapor streetlights, and so well, the theory was the new lights were reflecting off the plovers and back to her. They don't, birds don't fly at night like that, not in formation. No, and not that fast. That's not, no, 600 miles per hour, that's like, that's faster than a peregrine falcon can dive. But Absolutely I not. think it's hilarious that they're like, definitely plovers. Plovers. We're gonna definitely call out the bird species. I think if anything, just like all the ones that are that you hear about nowadays, it was probably a military exercise that was top secret. They didn't think anyone saw it because it's way too organized. That was really organized. And like people also saw what they called a flying wing. And so like it was more of kind of like a negative space in the sky, but it was soundless and it really creeped you the fuck out as it like passed over you. Interesting. So there's Jean Jacket. What is this? The movie? Nope. Oh, I never saw it. Nope. Nope. Oh. Okay. I, was, I thought you were just like, nope, I don't remember. Nope. <laughs> That's what I do. It's called nope. I was going to say, I was, my first initial thought as you were talking about that was the, the birds were doing cocaine. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> They're like, really got to get somewhere. But then, as so the one, that negative space one, right? So I was watching this program on essentially there were some people that were recording the sound of birds flying mm-hmm. and they had there was one i can't remember the sp- specific species of owl but they so they set up this course and they've got microphones all down this course. oh yeah I, I saw that yeah and so like you hear and you can like the see... pigeons are noisy as fuck because they actually like they clap their wings together as they're flying too. <laughs> yeah, and so they did a, a ton of different birds, but one of one species of owl, like you hear a little bit when he like goes up to expand his wings, but you don't really even hear his wings expand, and you don't hear him at all. Like he, he is none of the is, wing beats. That's yep. Nothing. He's super aerodynamic and like, I don't know, and that you just see because we do a podcast and I edit it and we're, I'm editing audio, (laughs) whatever the fuck you call them, I can't think now, waveforms to just see that, that nothing, Nothing, but you can see the owl passing by. Yeah, cocaine owls. So there's actually, I mean, there's photos obviously that exist of the flight feathers and it's almost like the edges of their feathers have feathers. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As you said, Sarah, the head of the Texas Tech Biology Department also made an official statement that <laughs> they weren't birds. <laughs> they were not birds. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was, it wasn't a bird. Trust me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyway, right. I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cool. I think we should have a few more UFO episodes. We haven't really... Yeah. I- 
dived into would be that. super into doing that before i knew what starlink was i was like i saw a ufo <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do mothman for spooky season which oh, is fuck. not okay there are ufo sightings in it it's a whole weirdness okay. thing yes okay so i don't actually have an official headline for this one you don't have the whistler do you no okay do you have the truck mm-hmm. oh shit okay I'll let you do the truck. That one's hilarious. Okay. Back in 1950, the newspapers are full of this story of the phantom whistler. (laughs) So in Louisiana, this whistler was terrorizing a young woman, 18-year-old Jacqueline Kedow. He would hide in the shrubbery outside her (laughs) house at night. Yeah. Says the girl who used to hide in her own shrubbery outside her house. What? Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) With your Polly Pocket. With my yeah. little uh, toy school recorder. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> it's nice that he lets her know that he's there, at least. But he would whistle at her a funeral dirge. Dirge? I think it's dirge. That's creepy as fuck. Thank you. Yeah. That's super creepy. Actually, I think I'd rather have him be quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally he would follow his whistling with a blood-curdling, not scream, but moan. Oh, God. Oh, no. Blood-curdling moan. <laughs> In the 50s, you have to wonder what they actually mean by that. I'm very intrigued by that. (laughs) (laughs) So when she got engaged to state trooper Herbert Belsom, and the the newspaper actually quoted, the whistlings came to a climax. (laughs) (laughs) But basically the harassment got worse. Oh, worse. He started making threatening phone calls to them, threatening to kill Jacqueline if she went through with the wedding. And later the sheriff said that he had solved the case, but he would not disclose who or what the whistler was because he didn't want to embarrass anyone involved. It was the sheriff. He probably murdered him. (laughs) (laughs) It was the 50s. I solved my own case, folks. (laughs) Yeah. And so then Jacqueline and Herbert were married without incident. All right. All right. 1950s. Woman tailed by a suspicious truck. In November of 1955 in Arkansas, a woman pulled into a gas station and whispered to the attendant that she suspected the guy behind her, who had been following her very closely, was drunk. The guy behind her, as it turned out, was a driverless pickup truck. Its bumper had locked with the woman's rear bumper, and the police charged (gasps) the woman with driving while intoxicated. So she had, like, backed into it. They got... You're not drunk. I'm drunk. (laughs) Oh, my God. The bumpers got well, connected. Drunk, drunk. I mean, it, ha- <laughs> yeah. it was right on your ass. That's way too close. Oh, my God. He's not following <laughs> you. Amazing. He's attached to you, darling. <laughs> yes. Somebody's like, where's my truck? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. 60s? All right. The 60s. 60s. I got nothing for the 60s. I have The Drowning of Holly Roth. Who was a spy novelist, which makes it very interesting. And apparently a pretty good one. I've never read any of her books, but it sounds like she actually did really good work. Uh, One of her last, the last books she wrote has a fucking hilarious title. Too Many Doctors. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Too Many Cooks. Yeah. So that was her last novel. In the novel, 
I don't exactly know what the whole story is, but there was at least a sub story where there was a, the protagonist was a passenger on the Tilburg, which was a boat, who was suffering from amnesia after she had fallen or been pushed down a set of stairs on the ship. That is the storyline behind it. Okay. So then on October 8th, 1964, Roth and her husband departed Gibraltar? Aboard their mm. own little catch. Oh, oh, a catch! It was a catch. It was a sketchy <laughs> catch because uh, <laughs> Helen had married Joseph Franta in 1960. He was a Czechoslovakian man who traveled on a Swiss passport who seemed a little sus. And they were trying to get to America, and America wouldn't let J- Joseph in. And the CIA had a file on him. Oh, okay. So anyway, they would. We're getting back to America, so instead they were going to go to the Canary Islands. All right. On October 10th, there was a storm, and then on October 11th, Roth disappeared. Oh. So, Joseph would claim that he had been below deck. It was about 4 a.m. He was making coffee. Helen was up on the deck, standing watch. Something, like, shook the boat super hard. He doesn't know what it is. Crooking. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, well, Crackin'. it knocked him against the wall, so then he ran up to the top of the deck. He said he saw a 145-foot long ship sailing away like it had hit him. Oh. I don't think it's true. And Helen wasn't there. Yeah, if a 145-foot long ship it's hits a, a 20 to 30-foot catch, yeah, it's, that thing's going under. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, how he got so specific. But so he said, oh, Helen's not there anymore. He saw a life vest in the water and he like threw a rope to it nothing happened he said he like roped himself and was trying to swim out to find her and never found her Mm. and she was never found Hmm. again in a very similar Mm. type of death that actually happened to her last protagonist oh whoa yeah and joseph got away with it I don't know. I mean, maybe wow. it was an accident, but Helen was declared her cause of death was accidental, presumed lost at sea and drowned. Okay. So. That's like the movie Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I wow. thought that was cool. Interesting. Baby's burps predict his future. His future? What? So it's always in the 60s, like back in the day they did his for- For what? When they're personifying anything that doesn't necessarily have a name- a cat is a boy. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, right, like, especially in the 50s and 60s, know it was like... what the baby's sex is? Right, but, so, it's a it's a catch-all. Okay. If they're referring to multiple babies. So, this oh, was... Oh, okay. This is a study... Oh. ...that in 1964, Dr. Milton Berger... Berger. <laughs> uh, not Gerber, Berger. No, I like Berger better. <laughs> Milton Berger. ...called attention to the predictive power of a baby's burps. A baby with strong and clear burps will grow up to be a leader. A Leo, an Aries, perhaps. However, the majority of people are just dithering burpers. They'll become your run-of-the-mill member of the faceless masses. Honestly, Sarah, you are a forceful burper and I'm a dithering burper. (laughs) But I'm a forceful farter. So if you did that study, (laughs) then I will be the leader. Where's that one? I don't know. But in this case, I am a dither. Yep. So when I was looking for these, Kirk actually pointed this one out. He was like, hey, that one. That one's pretty good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. yeah. Especially good. related to the amount of burps that have been on this podcast. Yeah. 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 <sighs> and the amount of burps you haven't heard. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I have. Ref- there has never been a fart on this podcast. You're welcome, listeners. 
but Hannah's chair in the last one and I couldn't get the I couldn't pull it from where it was at in the audio and so it sounds like a fart but I know it's your chair <laughs> yeah folks that, that that's not a fart I fart a lot but I am very conscious about it I don't fart like it takes me a long time to fart in front of a new boyfriend or something you farted on me before. Yeah, we were friends. We were had been friends for a while at that point. I was also drunk. <laughs> but that was definitely in front of a boy. That was in front of like three or four boys. You know what? I was, I was pretty drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that was in front of a stupid boy. Yeah. Multiple stupid boys. Has uh, stunted my emotional growth. I wish the fart, I wish the fart had actually made him not be attracted to me anymore. One good use for a fart. <laughs> And just, like, general intestinal, like, relief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Babies' births predict their future, and people's farts get rid of potential suitors that aren't good for them, because they won't love the real you. Oh, if you have a bodily function, dangerous to your love life. The real you is kind of stinky. <laughs> and that's the microbe's fault. That's not my fault. Yeah. It's true. It is. I don't know. It's just stinky, bitch. Are we on to the 70s? 70s, Yes. All right. All right. For the 70s, well, uh, yeah, not a great decade. A lot of the big boys no. were yes. this decade. I have Nancy Spungen's murder. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. No. See, look at that powerful burp. I have to leave that one in. <laughs> I'll follow you anywhere. So <laughs> Nancy Spur- Spungen. Sorry, I want to say Sturgeon really badly, but it's definitely a Spungen. <laughs> She became a pretty famous groupie in the 70s slash sex worker, but she was most well known for being Sid Vicious's girlfriend. Oh. And also one of the reasons why the Sex Pistols broke up, because they hated her so much. Oh. (laughs) Also, Sid Vicious's drug use was really bad, but the tabloids would also dub her Nauseating Nancy. Because apparently she had a lot of public outbursts. I don't know anything about that. It's a little rude. But after the Sex Pistols broke up, they moved into Hotel Chelsea, which is actually probably an episode on that. And so on October 12th, 1978, Nancy's body was found under the wash basin of the bathroom in the room that they were sharing. She had a stab wound to the abdomen. There's long been a rumor that Sid Vicious owned the knife that inflicted the injury. His name is also John Simon Ritchie, if that makes it more professional. And so he was actually arrested at the scene and charged with second degree murder. He (laughs) pleaded not guilty, was released on bail, and he never went to trial because four months later he died of a heroin overdose. Oh, jeez. But at the same time, that night, there were other people in the room that said they saw him take as many as 30 tablets of tuinol. I don't know what that is, but it's a it's a big drug. Apparently, it's a far larger dose of the barbiturate than any of us could survive, and he was completely comatose. Wait, so they watched him and didn't do anything about it? They were probably also very high. Also, it was... Do you know what it's like watching... Like, by this point, I'd just be so tired of trying to help this man. Yeah, but I mean... But they also were might have been on drugs as well. Yeah, I, I could see but that. But like, they, they saw how many drugs he did take and were like, he was totally unconscious. There's no way he could have committed this murder. However, um, the police closed the case after his 
overdose. I'm just like, no, we definitely Easy we definitely on a dead it. man. But there is another rumor that um there is a another guy in there who was an actor. He was a stand-up comic, and he was also their drug dealer. His stage name was Rockets Red Glare. Oh, uh, okay. And the Rockets Red Glare. Yes, and that's where he got the fucking name from. Wow. And he had delivered the drugs to their room that very night, and so there is a hypothesis that Mr. Red Glare was the actual. Oh, because he was at murder. the scene too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh. But the police never really... That's not good business, man. ...never really looked into it. He would deny involvement publicly, but he would often, quote-unquote, confess to this murder to his friends. He doesn't seem very reliable, so it's very, like, mm. maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So I, honestly, leaning more towards Mr. Red Glare, as I'm pretty yeah. sure Sid Vicious was completely comatose for a long time. Sounds like it, Yikes. yeah. So that's a uh, 70s punk. Oof. I have warning required before crime. Before what? Before crime. Is it crying? Crime. <laughs> crime. You have to warn people. I'm going to cry. Hold crime. on. <laughs> so in January of 1973, Texas State Representative Jim Castor filed a bill that would have required criminals to give their victims 24 hours notice before they committed a crime. Sweet. He said, obviously, no criminal is going to do it, but this would be another punishment. Oh. Another charge. Yeah. That could be added to their penalty. So the bill was defeated, but it'd be funny. Like, okay, I'm going to rob you now. Just letting <laughs> you know. There is also a Criminal Minds episode about this as well. I also have Marty the Marijuana Mouse. Marty! Aww. Marty the Mouse became famous in 1974 after he made a home for himself in a box of marijuana stored in the evidence room of the San Jose, <laughs> California so police station. I'm dead. I love it. Oh. Police had tried luring him out of the box using bacon, peanut butter, cheese, and also a female mouse named <laughs> Mata Harry. Oh my god. He ignored all of them and was only able to be lured out when they baited a trap with marijuana I'll seeds. Oh, say more weed? Oh. <laughs> more weed. He came he became known as <laughs> Marty, the marijuana That's mouse. So cute. Aww. Instead of killing him, he was sent to UCLA to aid in the studies of marijuana. He was then returned to San Jose, where he became the police mascot. Aww. When he died in November of 1975, the nation mourned. I'm sad. That wasn't even alive. That's so cute. R.I.P. Marty. (laughs) In the great green heaven in the sky. Mm -hmm. And then my last one for the 70s is... 1976, Marshal George Cummings Jr. of Oklahoma was charged with snatching a purse from a woman on October of 1976. His case came to trial in January of 77, and he asked if he could represent himself, which the court said, okay, they allowed (laughs) it. And yourself. Uh, But then during the cross-examination of witnesses, Cummings proceeded to make what the state later described as an unfortunate error. Okay. He conducted the cross-examination with the witness. Specifically, he asked her, did you get a good look at my face when I took (laughs) your purse? (laughs) Oh, no. The jury found him guilty and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. He later appealed his sentence, arguing that the court had erred by allowing him to represent himself and that there was not... A knowing and intelligent waiver to the right to counsel. I was say, appealing on the fact you had bad counsel. Yeah. As proof of this, he pointed to his blunders throughout the trial, and the state argued back that his incompetence could not have been foreseen <laughs> in advance. 
Oh. And that he had been fully advised of all his rights. Okay, that's hilarious. So, no. <laughs> I love that. Just just get a lawyer. Even if you are a lawyer, it helps to have another, another lawyer. lawyer on the scene. It does. Just, just Lawyer yeah. brain trust. Yeah. Uh, he, he was guilty, I guess, so it's all fine in the end, but... <laughs> I've got, from July of 1974, the fisherman who died twice. Ooh. Whoa. In Venezuela, a fisherman named Ramon Rivera Rodriguez woke up, looked around, pulled some cotton swabs out of his nose, and realized he had been laying down in a coffin at his own <gasps> funeral. Oh, oh, my no. God. He promptly then had a heart attack and died. <gasps> no! <laughs> Wait. They were going to, oh so they wouldn't have embalmed God. him? Oh, my gosh. Venezuela in the 70s, maybe? Yeah, maybe it's oh not my coming gosh. back then. Uh, His relatives, dismayed by the whole thing. It's a double uh, and grieving. Yeah, yeah. They filed suit against the doctor who had incorrectly pronounced him dead the first time. But Yeah, because if they'd just like Maybe revived him or whatever, he woke up in a hospital, it'd be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so sad. I know. It's, it's terrible. My second chance. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sorry. The world wants me to die. And then I thought maybe we might all have the same article or headline for the 80s because I came across something that was highly publicized and I think for some reason we've talked about this before but I'll let you guys go and and then I'll share mine. I don't think we do because I have in 1987 a man took a teenager camping then returned home without her and claimed that Bigfoot took her. The case remains unsolved. And wait, double wham, they're from Fresno. Oh man, yeah. So, Teresa Beer was 16 in 1987. She had a pretty rough growing up time, it wasn't super great, and she was kind of passed around through family. She ended up in her uncle's home in Fresno, California. Her uncle may have been molesting her, it's all bad. But then, an older neighbor, let's say 43 years old. Uh, offered to take Teresa camping to search for Bigfoot. And everyone was oh. fine with that. Wow. Um, and they went camping, and she never returned. So the man that took a Russell Welch had a couple stories, but they mostly revolved around Bigfoot. Mm. And he was a self-proclaimed Bigfoot expert. I mean, you can be a self-proclaimed anything. He was also a math addict. Well, mm-hmm. As you know. They went up to Shut-Eyed Peak, which is kind of near Bass Lake. And honestly, there's been a number of disappearances at Shut Eye Peak, which is kind of interesting. Ooh. So the police would end up interviewing Welch. He would say, oh, he just picked her up, dropped her off at school. They're like, no, 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 no. Well, then he's like, no, Bigfoot took her. (laughs) And then he led them to this quote unquote campsite where the police realized he had staged a whole campsite for this story. Oh, no. So it was ridiculous. How do you... Wait, he staged a campsite or like he just built a camp and was like, this is where we were? It was staged to, yeah, it was obviously staged because they actually found the real okay. campground was like 20 miles away. Ugh. So it was super staged. So Welch was arrested and charged with child stealing. Okay. Um. Sure, sure. He was released. He was rearrested, but he was 
released in the end because authorities didn't think they had enough evidence to get a conviction and they didn't want to take him to court and fail and then be faced with double jeopardy. So they didn't take him to court at all. So they opted to do nothing at all. Russell Welch's final word is that Teresa's not coming back because she's going to be much happier in the Bigfoot community. (laughs) Uh, okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He also, apropos of nothing, said if they do find Teresa, there'll be no sign of sexual assault. Uh, why would he even need to say that? He did not need to say that. No. No. No, No, dude. Teresa Ann Byers' body has never been found. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry, how old was she? 16. And her life fucking sucks. Parents were shit. She got moved around. Her uncle's name was Blind Johnny, which is a bad sign, who was probably molesting her. Ugh, it was all bad. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, no funny headlines here. It's okay. Leonardo de Tonale. This I'm one's for this. you, Hannah, yes, thank of you. the feet. So in March 1980, multiple female students at Southern California universities were complaining that someone had been painting their toenails oh. while they were studying in the library. In the library? What? Police dubbed the perpetrator Leonardo de Toenail. A man was eventually <laughs> apprehended carrying 15 bottles of fingernail polish. What? But it was let uh-huh. go because the police hadn't caught him in the act. How do you not notice immediately? I mean, like, maybe he's crawling under the table and you're engrossed in what you're studying and, like, you have sandals on and your legs are crossed. And, and he like, just doesn't. I, I don't know. He's really good at it. He never touches the skin. Yeah. And they just like, oh, my God. Why, think it's is, like this, a fly why is my toenail this color? Like, flick him off or something. Or just, like, the air conditioning breezing across their foot uh, or something. Mm-hmm. Like a toenail. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Unable to stop himself, he was caught painting toenails again the following year. And this time was ordered to a hearing at the city attorney's office, but never showed up and was never seen again. Oh. (laughs) He's the phantom de toenail. Yep. I don't think the episode's come out yet, but we've started our Dungeons and Dragons episodes for Plants Are Optional. And my character is a mountain dwarf whose name is Dr. Murdar big toe oh i love it wait you're a dwarf i decided to go opposite of who i really am okay i love that that's great all right i was for sure that this would be a a more common the 80s was wild line i don't know this is a very famous headline and before i read it to you i just want to say that there's kind of the background on it was that the author of the story had taken it to his editor and his editor was like no you need to fucking fact check that because it has to be accurate for us to print it especially as bold as we are going to print it because Mm -hmm. it is literally the headline of a lifetime okay and he did and it checked out, and so they were able to go forward with the publishing of it. But the headline Whoa. is Headless Body in Topless Bar. <laughs> I have heard that headline. Mm-hmm. I oh didn't my know God. it was the 80s. That's so yes. good. So essentially, this guy named Charlie Dingle. God, do with that damn one it. too well. There's so much to do with that. In April of 1983, had gone into this topless bar and. I didn't really say if he was going to be robbing it or whatever. Anyways, he killed, I think it was the waitress, but he made one of the hostages in there actually decapitate her. Oh my fucking 
God. Oh, no. But yeah, anyways, I thought that was literally the headline of a lifetime there back in 83. I honestly feel like I've seen the headline before, but I had no idea what the crime actually was. Oh, it was the tavern owner or the bar owner. He went in there to rob the place and killed her. The tavern owner was the lady who died. So he went in to rob the place and then killed the tavern owner, shot the tavern owner. And then he forced one of the bar patrons to actually decapitate the the body. That would turn me off of going to the bar ever again. Anyways, that's what I got for the 80s. Well, the 90s. (laughs) The 90s. As we got closer and closer to the future, I was having less fun. This is, this yeah, is terrible. I had more fun. Oh, God. Oh, okay. It's like Wacky Wednesday or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, let me bring it down for a second. Have you heard of the Happy Land Fire? No. So the Happy Land Social Club was a club in New York. It was actually ordered to close because of building code violations in November of 1988. The violations included lack of fire exits, lack of fire alarms, and a sprinkler system. However, no follow-up of the fire department was ever recorded. That's 1988. On March 25th, 1990, Julio Gonzalez came in, very fired up, to have a nice fight with his ex-girlfriend, Linda Feliciano, who was the coat check girl. He had also lost his job at the lamp factory and was at high in rent on his room and was basically at the end of his rope. So he came to bother Lydia Felicia, his ex-girlfriend. The bouncer kicked him out at about 3 a.m. He, as he was like stumbling away, he had drunken threats about how he was going to shut this place down. So he came back shortly after. He bought $1 worth of gasoline, (laughs) which is all it really took to do this. And spread the fuel at the base of a staircase, which was the only access to the club, and ignited the gasoline. This particular club was mostly Honduran immigrants celebrating carnival Mm. at the time. Oh, man. It ended up 87 people died. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yes. And. Oh, no. Six people did survive. One of them actually was Lydia, the ex-girlfriend. But. It didn't take super long for the police to get to... I mean, Lydia survived. Lydia's like, I think it was Julio. So he was charged with 174 counts of murder, two for each victim. He was found guilty on 87 counts of arson and 87 counts of murder. For each count, he received the maximum sentence of 25 years to life, but he was eligible for parole. No! In March 2015, because apparently a New York law states that sentences for multiple murders occurring during one act must be served concurrently rather than consecutively. He's a mass murderer. He was denied parole, but it's still disgusting. I don't like that at all. That, like, he even got any amount of hope for that. Yeah. Yeah, no. He killed 87 people. He died of a heart attack in prison in 2016. Good riddance. Yeah, it was a a real bummer. I have 1999 man accused of killing lawyer receives new attorney. Was his <laughs> own lawyer? So Miguel Trujillo was already facing charges when he was upset with his lawyer and killed him. 
And then he was appointed another attorney from the public defender's office. No, if you get one, I think you have to pay for one now. Yeah, the public defender's like, no, we're not paying taxes for you to do this to people. No, Mm because now I have to defend another murder. And so the next lawyer they interviewed apparently the newspaper clipping is like super shitty, very pixelated. But yeah, they interviewed the other lawyer who was going to be covering for him, and she was like. I don't know. I didn't have much time to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) As far as I know, he's still in prison. He got a lifetime plus 30 years for both of his charges. Making sure. Yeah. It's just like, dude, you're already... What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, I don't think you get a public defender after you kill the first one. Mm -mm. If you you can afford a, a private attorney who is willing to represent you, fine. But I would charge out the ass for that. Oh, yeah. It's at least $1,000 an hour. Oh, more. More. Well, there's a lot of hours in a trial. I don't know. I'm so logical. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy pants. All right. All right. Mine just get better from here on out. Oh, right. Yeah. And then I have some bonus headlines. I couldn't... I don't have no date verification on them. But anyways, 1990s. Okay. It's a good time. This is from the Toronto Star, circa... 1996. Ooh. Marijuana issue sent to a joint committee. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> I'll be on that joint committee. Yeah, that's all I, I got for that. No background. That's great. Just, yeah. <laughs> You're going to do a couple random headlines, then I'm also going to do a couple random headlines because I've had them. Yeah, I have a couple randos too. I've had them for too. a while and I never used them. So. Okay. All right. So that was 1990. 2000. Mm-hmm. Also terrible. Only one person dies. This is the murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart. Stoddart? Cassie? Stoddart? Stoddart? Yes. Cassie. I was going to say, yeah, she's actually on my list to do. Oh, well then, never mind. Sorry, I poo-pooed that one. It's a very interesting and very creepy story. Yes. Ooh. I almost said I wasn't going to do it, but okay. Never mind. The, right. the 2000s real crime was my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and probably my low rise pants. Oh, oh God. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, that was good. That was thank good. You. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I only have 2010. I also, yeah, I have 2010 as well. So fuck the rest of the 2000s. All right. Yep. Forgettable I decade. I have a 2010 mm-hmm. one. Okay. It okay. is the suspicious ruling of suicide in the death of Phoebe Hanjuk's disappearance, and she's from Australia. Hmm. So she was 24 years old. She was in a, a little bit of a rough area of her life, definitely drinking a lot, dating a man who was 40 years old. Oh. They lived together wow. in his apartment. No. And he lived on the 12th floor of that apartment. December 2nd, Phoebe's body was found at the bottom level of the apartment building next to all the garbage. And so she apparently, apparently I'll say, the final note that the coroner decided was that Phoebe had been had been drunk and was also on sleeping pills and that she somehow slept walked her way to the trash chute on the 12th floor which is just uh-huh. a little bit in the wall 
got herself into there and fell down to her death feet first with her arms at her side. Uh, no. Like it's a slide? Yes. And also, I don't, the arms at your side part, I don't even know how you can do that with, with, it's just a little like me, a little door, you know, like with trash chute. Yeah. How do you crawl in feet first like they that? They actually tried to do a reenactment actually with some of her friends and they couldn't get it to actually happen because the, uh, the chute door comes back up and kind of crunches you and then you would at least need one arm back to like keep the door open. To like push uh-huh. or hold. Yeah. yeah. So there is that. Her boyfriend, his name was Anthony something or other. Anthony <laughs> Hamful. He's the 40-year-old. He is the rich son of a Supreme Court judge. Hmm. And once the body was found, well, first of all, he, he pushed the family off. He came back and he was like, oh, she's not here. Her keys are here. That's weird because you can't leave the apartment. If you leave the apartment like, without your keys, you can't get back in. Then he... Then okay. he ordered some takeout, <laughs> and the takeout guy was like, holy shit, there's like a, a ton of police in this building, and th- and that's when they <laughs> discovered the body, and then, so when the paramedics arrived, they weren't let into the scene, right. and she actually wasn't declared dead until like about 19 hours afterwards. Oh, Jesus. Be- oh, she was probably dead, but she wasn't declared dead. Okay, yeah. the official declaration. They wouldn't let the people in to see her. Jesus. Hold Yikes. On a second. I had... I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. I want the world <laughs> to know. <laughs> now I'm only going to ever hear that when I hear that song now. <laughs> so yes, George Hamful was his father, a justice of the Supreme Court of Victoria. Hamful's daughter... Escape conviction in 2014 for selling cocaine and possessing a can of tear gas. Oh, so, God. Um, Damn. Corruption. Uh, yes. And then, yes, this other one also, they just, it's a suicide. She slept, walked her way into a trash chute. No. And then, Jeez. to wrap that up a little bit, I mean, he it was declared suicide. It has not been, like, her family has been fighting it, but it hasn't been declared anything else. Well, Antony moved on. And he started to date a 25-year-old, slightly, no, not that much better, named Bailey Schneider in 2018. She died no. with a gold cord wrapped around her neck mere hours after they broke up. Oh. Her death Jesus was ruled a Christ suicide me. by asphyxiation. No way. Yeah, okay, sure. And now Anthony has moved out of that particular apartment and apparently is happily married. Good luck, woman. So. Ugh. I think there was actually a podcast, I'm really fucking this up, that was specifically about this case that was like a sh- like a six episode Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. <laughs> oh, because the other thing, weird shit too. So a couple days before this happened, Phoebe did send a really weird fucking text out to her family, her mom, her dad, her brothers, her boss, her grandmother, which said, quote, Hi, family. I am in bed and about to sleep, and when I wake, I will transform into the most incredible human being you've ever seen, dot dot dot, not. I will go to hospital. It's safer there, and I hear the special tonight is tomato soup. Delicious. Nutritious. I love you all very much, but not enough to send an individual text. Sorry about that. <laughs> what the but fuck? But time to sleep, and I must be on my way. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. XO. That's... Fucking insane. That's wretched. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. 
And I, I do think she was very much struggling with alcohol and sleeping pill addiction, but I do not. Yeah, but I so. do not think she slept walked her way into a fucking trash chute. No. With her arms by her side, that's fucking insane. No. No, no. No. So that's that story. Honestly, this one would be one I would be interested in going into deeper as well. Because I'm just like, yeah, holy cow. Yes. Jeez. So that's that. <sighs> I have <Something> fun. <laughs> the worst ever oh, man. traffic jam <gasps> in Beijing. Is that the title? I read it. Okay. I don't have a title for it. But in 2010, do you know what the title is, Meredith? Sorry. It's gold is what it I is. I just copied the text again and I'm like, fuck, I don't never have remembered the title. That's, that was the whole point, Sarah. Damn it. This is what you thought the assignment yeah. was. I didn't, but it's fine. Let me say one other thing about my story. Phoebe's dad called Anthony wondering, because they were, Anthony, Phoebe, and her dad were supposed to meet for dinner. And they didn't. <sighs> what they did find was that, like, in the apartment... There was a straining iron that was still plugged in and on, like she was getting ready for dinner. And then Antony pushed the father off about filing a police report because he told them that they need to be gone for at least 48 hours, which is definitely not true in 2010 plus. No, they don't even need to be gone for 24. They need to be gone suspiciously. There was broken glass. Like she broke like a wine glass, a little bit of blood. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah just it's sus, so sus. sus there's a book too actually about this case which i was interested in reading it's called into the darkness the mysterious death of phoebe handstuck by robin bowels okay i might read it though so i can't find i can't find it but it was essentially i remember it because i laughed my fucking ass off it was fruit truck overturned caused a big traffic jam, jam. <laughs> Jam. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So it was 2010. There was a lot of construction in the area, which led to unsafe vehicle maneuvers, which led to multi-car collisions and pileups, one of which being the fruit truck. And this resulted in a 10-day <gasps> traffic jam. Yeah. yeah. So travelers were stranded on this, like, f- five – was it 10 lane? How many lanes were – there was a shit ton of lanes. So many. Too many. It was basically like a river of cars. Ta- but they were stranded on this freeway and locals actually came out because everyone was just stopped. Locals came out to sell food and water to these poor people just like Where stuck did they there. Pee? In cups outside yeah. of their cars because no oh. one's moving. The traffic jam affected up to 60 miles of road and is considered to be the worst traffic nope, jam yep, in that's history. That's fucking terrible. Yep. Yep. I got stuck on Snoqualmie Pass between two avalanches for 12 hours, and I was having a bad fucking time. Mm-hmm. Woof. And it was really snowy because of the avalanches. Well, it wasn't 12 hours. It was more like, it took about 12 hours, 14 hours to get back home when it should have taken four. No. no. Yeah. And it was yeah. very snowy out and cold, and I was just wondering where I was going to pee, because I didn't want to take my pants off in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that stretch is notorious oh, for closures. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm just like, I'm glad we were in between the two avalanches, but shit. <laughs> All right, well, I've got two fun ones for you, I guess. Uh, so end on that. Fun ones, because we haven't got to the 2020s yet. Oh, I fuck, I don't have anything for the 2020s. Oh. There's no fun to be had in the 2020s. I don't know that it's fun, but it's a very crazy headline. I'll start with postal worker arrested after a naked delivery. Whoa. 
Oh, I've got a package for you. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the funny part is, is that this is in Wisconsin (laughs) at Christmas time. So So it's fucking cold. Oh, Right? In the snow. So this guy, he basically, officer, you know, officers get out to where he is. He's nudie. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, well, I was trying to cheer up the girl who worked in the office and show her a little Christmas spirit. Wow. So they arrested him and charged him with lewd and lascivious behavior. Yeah, did she ever express any interest in his package? Probably not. And based on the photo... No, okay, we'll go with no. And then this, the next one is goat smashes glass door at California strip club. <laughs> Another goat. Nah. Oh, th- that's, yeah, that's why I picked He's the goat He's gonna stink one. up the place. This was actually in Coachella, California, and the goat rammed the door and caused $2,000 worth of damage to the strip club. Wow. Oh, boy. All right. He's a, na- a naughty goat. A, na- a naughty, naughty goat. I guess these headlines that I do have are from 2020s. Okay. All right. I had collected these about a month ago. So I do have some stuff, I guess. So I have one for the 2020s and then I have 11 more that I'll rapid fire at you. Okay. That have no time frame. So you can go with your All right. Let me rapid fire a couple at you then. Okay. Man wearing ankle monitor robbed bank of $754 scrawling demand note on back of his own birth certificate. (laughs) I don't even know where he got that. This one's kind of badass. Minnesota man allegedly killed sex offender using moose antler. Wow. Ouch. Uh, not bad. Flipping the bird is God-given right, a Canadian judge declares <laughs> in a case between feuding neighbors. <laughs> yes. A Utah woman accused of starting an apartment complex fire was, quote, trying to burn away the negative energy. Oh no! You sage it away, bitch. Yeah, you don't it's burn smoke. it. It's not. You it's smoke not it fire. away. This one's for Marty, not the marijuana mouse, but the marijuana mouse Aww. might actually agree with this. Aww. Man sues Buffalo Wild Wings, claims pricey boneless wings are basically nuggets. They are. <laughs> yep. And, and <laughs> yes, I, they are. I love it. I'll eat a chicken nug. I don't mind. And then this one. It's more for all the grudgements in the world. Don't do this. It's not funny. I should have done it first. Whatever. Former Wisconsin grad student allegedly threatened to kill professors' kids hide their flesh in burger meat. Ew. He did not do that. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. my God. Uh, yes. Let me on a happy one. Quote, unquote, honest toddler helps Kentucky deputies find fugitive hiding in the house. <laughs> So he, he, they he are. just wow. brutally honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's better. That's hilarious. I have I have only one silly okay. one-liner. Okay. Tight end returns after colon surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Oh, oh, journalism these days. I have no idea where it was, but I found so it and true. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to end the 2020s this year on April 4th of 2023, and this happened in Adams County, Pennsylvania. Whoa. The title is Naked Man Driving Stolen School Bus with Dead Deer Inside Leads Police on Chase. This sounds like Florida. 
Nope. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. What are you doing? I can see Pennsylvania. This guy, yeah. He crashed into a few things, but, and then, so he was naked, and then he admitted to stealing the bus earlier. Stealing the bus naked? We don't know the progression of the timeline. But Was the dead deer already on the bus? No, he put the dead deer on the bus because he was going to take it to his house to use for fertilizer, and it wasn't said if he, like, hit the deer or if he found the the deer already on the side of the road, but anyway. I mean, if you hit it yourself, like. You it's could eat your that. Dear, it's fresh. And then, yeah, so we'll go rapid fire for my last ones. I've got 11 for you. This one I love. Homicide victims rarely talk to the police. <laughs> oh. I would like to hear oh. the 1% of times they do. Right? Or federal agents raid gun shop, find weapons. Crazy. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Weird! It'd be scary if they found no weapons. Yeah, because, like, who has the weapons? This one came from the Daily Sun is all I could get. Man kills himself and runs away. Exclamation sorry, point. Sorry, what? What? Yep. I've got nothing else on it. Okay. Like, fakes his death? I, I don't know. He's uh, <laughs> journalists. We have no context, so. It's definitely attention-grabbing headline, though. Yeah. This one I love. Man arrested for everything. <laughs> Just all of the charges. Throw the book at all of them. Uh, the entire yellow pages. Perfect. Get out of here, dude. Yeah. This one. Ah, this one made me laugh. Woman in sumo wrestler suit assaulted her ex-girlfriend in gay pub after she waved at a man dressed as a Snickers bar. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Halloween? Probably. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> We've also got prisoner serving a 2000 year sentence could face more time. Perfect. Lay it on him. <laughs> I don't think it matters. He actually deserves more time when you like read into the story okay. a little bit, but I'll just leave it at that. I didn't want to get into that. This one's a doozy. This was from the Evening Standard. Man found dead in graveyard. <laughs> so many men found dead in graveyard. <laughs> yeah. And we've got man tries armed robbery with knife in a gun store. Ooh. Oh. Oh, bud. He was not successful. That's a choice. The owner's just like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, just laughs. <laughs> and It's like, I got a Glock pointed at you from under the counter, bud. You don't bring a knife to a gunfight. It's a very well-known rule. Yeah. And then let's go keen masturbator spikes own drink with rohypnol. What is it like to be roofied? Keen? Like he just really likes masturbating? Yes. Yes. You know what I've heard about sometimes, I don't know if this is true, email hand on the subject line, men, have you ever sat on your hand so long that it falls asleep and then tried to jerk off so it feels like a different hand? I would think that you can't move the fingers to like... You wouldn't be successful in coordination, would you? I have no idea. I've just heard this maybe might be an urban legend. Because then you get like the stranger handy from yourself and maybe getting roofied, you also get a stranger handy from yourself. Hmm. Or maybe he had worse ambitions and was trying to see what being roofied was really like and if he could form memories about the occasion to see whether or not he would trust it for He sounded really into masturbating though. <laughs> a little less sophisticated. So this actually happened in Sydney, Australia. He described himself self-proclaimed passionate masturbator. Oh my God. Passionate. <laughs> passionate i just love myself so much it's very healthy he admitted that he spiked his own drink with rohypnol in order to have his way with himself <laughs> it is the 
stranger <laughs> handy. Oh. I don't know why. The next one I've got is man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. Ew. Huh. What? Does yeah. it soak up the alcohol? What is in your underwear? Bad decisions. Oh, God. I'm imagining not good things. No. If you're so drunk you eat your underwear, your underwear's not in good shape. Yeah, no. And the last one I have for you, I'm going to read the caption and then I'm going to share my screen and show you the picture. And it's the picture. There was an error in printing. Okay. Oh, no. So the caption is violent sex offender captured. Okay. Okay. And here is said violent sex offender. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's a cute doggo. It's like a Pomeranian with a little red. Like a like hoodie on. Yeah, hoodie on. I could imagine. He's a cereal humper. Yeah, a cereal humper. Because fucking. And an ankle biter when he doesn't get his way. Yeah, little dogs are kind of the worst. I'm just going to throw it out there. But like, he, I can definitely see him humping a lot. <laughs> and biting the ankle. That's violent. I thought for some reason the <laughs> cereal offender would have been a person who was violet colored like that man who ate so much colloidal silver he turned blue uh-huh oh yeah violet you're turning violet yeah. but uh you'd be very um noticeable if you were a blue a literal blue man <laughs> so the misprint was the wrong photo next to that yes <laughs> yes anyways he's a very handsome oh. little pomeranian with his so violent i know <laughs> like his hoodie Lock him up. And he's got a sweet smile on his face at the same time. So. <laughs> you could also interpret that as a shit-eating grin. Like, he knows he's like, I know what I did. he's not regretting it. <laughs> I know exactly what I did. No regrets. I'm not sorry. No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's what, well, that was that's a what I have. Yeah. That's a long episode. It's a lot of editing for you. It is, and I'm getting totally shit-faced because I'm not going home after work tomorrow. I'm going to my co-worker's house, and we're having a Cinco de Mayo girls' night. Oh, um, yeah, you Cinco said de that. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, we'll see if this gets done in time. So, this episode will air sometime next week. I'm not going to make any promises to you <laughs> Maybe guys. Maybe we need to just, like, sometime. move the day. <laughs> I know. I think we yeah. should be, like, uh, we should start Tuesday? posting. I, well... I think we should start posting on Wednesday. Wednesday. Or I could just get my fucking life together. Listeners, chime in. Would you like well, to... whatever. Do you like us on Mondays? What should Meredith do with her life? Or Wednesdays? <laughs> you, you let us know. <sighs> if you write in, I will go with whatever the first person who writes in decides. Otherwise, I'll go whenever I fucking feel like it. Because yep. sometimes I struggle. Anywho's. That's the motto of this podcast. <laughs> we struggle. <laughs> Uh, sometimes sometimes all right well listeners if you've listened to all 100 episodes congratulations thank you if you email us to let us know you've listened to all 100 episodes we'll send you a sticker and we won't even check if you want to chat with us you can check the tct podcast on facebook where our discord link is you can sign up for that and chat with us directly email us at truecrimetrine at gmail.com you can chat with us on twitter at true trine we probably won't tweet you back instagram folks the social media manager which is me pretty much only goes on instagram hit us up we would love to hear from you we would love any feedback you can review us on spotify apparently you can And if you have a favorite TCT episode that you would like to share, 
You can let us know what your favorite episode has been or answer any of Hannah's weird questions from the last hundred episodes. There's been like a hundred of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, listeners. We appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.